Mark chapter 2, 23 to chapter 3, 6, for those who want to follow. And it came about that he was passing through the grain fields on the Shabbat, and his disciples began to make their way along while picking the heads of grain. And the Pharisees were saying to him, See here, why are they doing what is not lawful on the Shabbat? And he said to them, Have you never read what David did when he was in need and became hungry? He and his companions, how he entered the house of God in the time of Abiathar, the high priest, and ate the consecrated bread, which is not lawful for anyone to eat except the priests. And he gave it also to those who were with him. And he was saying to them, the Shabbath was made for man and not man for the Shabbath. Consequently, the Son of Man is Lord even of the Shabbath. And he entered again into a synagogue, and the man was there with a withered hand. And they were watching him to see if he would heal him on the Shabbath, in order that they might accuse him. And they were watching him to see if he would heal him on the Shabbath, in order that they might accuse him. Sorry. And he said to the man with a withered hand, Rise and come, and come forward. And he said to them, Is it lawful on the Shabbath to do good or to do harm, to save a life or to kill? But they kept silent. And after looking around at them with anger, grieved at their hardness of heart, he said to the man, Stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out, and his hand was restored. And the Pharisees went out and immediately began taking counsel with the Herodians against him as to how they might destroy him. Amen. Thanks, Joseph. Right now in Iran, as a country, if you think or do certain things, it will land you in big trouble. I mean, let's be honest, there are people this year in Iran who have been hanged because of their views and their actions. The same would be true in a country like North Korea where if you think certain things, it will land you in big trouble. The same true in China, for example. And sadly, we see Russia going back down this route. If you say certain things against the war, it will land you in big trouble. Now, the police who come and get you uh, in these situations become known as the thought police because they come to arrest you, not so much for what you do, but because of what you think and believe. The thought police. Back in the time of Jesus, there was this group of people, they were Jewish religious leaders, but they were known as the Pharisees. 
but they could also be known just as well as the thought police. Because depending on what you thought and what you did, they could come after you and point their finger at you and declare that you are in serious trouble. And so it was this episode where Jesus and his close followers were on the way from A to B. And they happened to pass through a cornfield and some of the followers grabbed some of the, uh, some of the corn on their way, rubbed it in their hands and ate it for an on-the-go snack. But it just so happened that this particular day when they were going from A to B and through the cornfields happened to be the Jewish Sabbath, the day of rest. And somehow some of these Pharisees saw this or got to hear of this. And true to form said, what you are doing is unlawful on the Sabbath. You are in big trouble. Well, to this, Jesus responds. And it's great to hear what Jesus says because we learn about who he is from what he says and what he does. And as we listen carefully to what he says, uh, we find that he takes some what we might have thought as long-held principles but somehow flips them around. And he does that on this occasion. Now, about the snack... Jesus says, look, these guys are with me. They're on a mission. Of course they're going to need a snack on the go. I mean, it's not like there's a Starbucks drive-thru that they could use, is there? Right? Of course they're going to need some, some food on the way. And he points to this episode. You can look it up yourself for homework. It's in the older part of the Bible with a book called 1 Samuel, chapter 21, uh, this instant where there's this guy, David, and David's on a run, he's on a mission, and uh, he takes some special bread, some bread from the special place and the special table because he needs some food, a needs-must situation. And Jesus is saying, look, back in our own Jewish history, there are these needs-must situations. So what do you know? We're in one of those today on a mission. But then he gives this crucial line. He says, look, the Sabbath is for man, not the other way around. It's not supposed to be that mankind is supposed to be serving the Sabbath. No, it's the other way around. The Sabbath, properly understood and properly kept, serves us. It's not like we're supposed to be serving this, this principle, this kind of arbitrary set of God-given rules and, and trying to comply with that. No, principles like the Sabbath are there to help us. And then he says, and the Son of Man, that's Jesus using a technical term referring to himself. He says, the Son of Man, me, I'm Lord of the Sabbath. In other words, as the ultimate man and the Sabbath to serve man, I am Lord of it. I am Lord of it all. Well, let's unpick what he's saying there. He's saying, look, the Pharisees, with their finger pointing, have got it wrong. And that's because 
They have locked themselves into a mindset that tells them that the only way for them and people to get right with God, for God to bless us once again, is for us to be pure. To be purer than pure, to be ultra pure. And so they take principles like the Sabbath and they say, look, the Sabbath means you can do no work. In fact, it means that you can not go on a long journey. In fact, it means that you can only take a certain number of paces on this day of rest. In other words, strive for purity, for even tighter purity and even tighter purity. As if somehow, if we made ourselves the ultimate pure, then God will finally accept us. But of course, the problem with that mindset is that we will never be pure enough. We will never do it. No matter how you define it, we will always miss and will not be good enough. So Jesus goes back to first principles. He says, now look, the Sabbath, we know that from the creation story. That's right at the beginning of the older part of the Bible in this first book in the library called Genesis. And he says, remember, there's this, there's this narrative of, of how creation played out and it involved these these six days, well, well, technically Hebrew word may be period, but it doesn't matter right now. These six days are these six periods where God is active in creating. And then we get to the seventh where God rested. And God blessed it and God made it holy and pure. So in that story, we see this trajectory where God's working, one, two, three, four, five, six, and then seventh brings it to its proper completion. That seventh 